0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: The second half of the Charger season is in full swing with plenty of high-profile matchups against teams in the division like the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chiefs. Plus, a lot of teams that are going to be coming to L.A., With a vengeance, like the Patriots and the Steelers, even if you're an away fan, you still want to see Justin Herbert and Mike Williams and all the guys come to your city. Maybe if you live in Philadelphia, or if you live in Ohio, or even if you're deep in enemy territory, perhaps at mile high. The Chargers will be coming to all of those places and more in the second half of the season, and this could end up being a historic Super Bowl run for this team. So, You don't want to miss a single second of it if you get a chance to go to one of these games. That's where TickPick comes in. They want to send you to all of these games. And the best part about TickPick is that they're very simple to use. And they don't want to give you those high-end fees that other ticketing sites will give you. Plus, some fees that come out of nowhere, frankly. So, on top of that, they also want to give you $10 off your first ticketing purchase how are you going to do that? Well, you're going to go to tickpick.com/charged. That's t-i-c-k p-i-c-k.com/charged to get ten dollars off of your first ticketing purchase. As fun as highlights are to watch on Twitter, there's nothing that beats the real experience. You want to say that you were there in person when Justin Herbert threw that ball to Mike Williams that ended the game on a game-winning touchdown, or Derwin James getting a game-ending pick six. You want to be there for all of it because this team, this season is special. So again, go to tickpick.com slash charged, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash charged for $10 off of your first ticketing purchase, Bolt Up.
2: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the Guilty Is Charged podcast. Really excited about today's episode, Uh, even though the charges were on by. We got lots to talk about today. Joining me, as always, are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Eagles tank is in full command. Uh, (laughs) We have 11 picks now, three in the top 10, probably. So, you know, we're doing good. Uh, That was how my bye week went. And uh, yeah, so I'm happy to get back into it with the Chargers because I'm sure it'll be a fun ride towards the end of the season. Yeah. And uh, the Jets have uh,
2: taken the Joe Flacco hype train <laughs> off of the Eagles hands and uh, they, got more know,
1: for, they, got, they got more for <laughs> Joe Flacco than the Rams did for Kenny. <laughs> it's hilarious.
2: <laughs> the NFL trade market is, is a wild thing for sure. Um, Tyler, you're here as well, man. Raining pouring, Telesco snoring. Uh, how are you doing, man?
3: Uh, I'm doing very well. The Chargers are finally playing this week. It feels like it's been forever. I feel like we've done 10 episodes, um, but they're finally going to play. Alex, is the last time a team had three picks in the first round? Was that the Raiders? (laughs) Uh, I don't
1: remember. I don't I I want to say yes.
3: I hope it turns out better then.
1: (laughs) What did the Raiders take with the first three picks? I don't remember that. I think it was Uh, was Farrell, Jacobs, and end of corner. Well, I mean, their coach was also a moron, so... hmm. (laughs)
2: well isn't the eagles coach also a moron (laughs) yeah but he doesn't have 100 percent of
1: football operations and you know let's let's go let's slow the roll with what gruden has been in the last two weeks so right right
2: absolutely so we uh wanted today to talk about uh the afc west you know or the afc west the whole afc obviously has been shaken up we had a great week seven you know sitting here and, and relaxing but have to start Um, with, you know, the news from today, I was not expecting a press conference today or anything, but you know, the chargers were very gracious with their time. Um, and it looks like right now that Drew Tranquil and Asir Adderley are going to be back, which, you know, their absence was not expected to be, uh, prolonged, but we might get Justin Jones back this week for the Patriots game. And we've talked about this run defense quite a bit. And Tyler, what is your kind of general reaction about potentially having Justin Jones back this week?
3: Oh, thank God. Uh, I can't (laughs) stand watching this run defense. I really hope he returns, even in some capacity, if nothing else, to at least get a true sort of rotation going. Maybe Covington's a little bit more fresh and kind of flashing like he did in week one when Jones played. Because the Patriots just, they ran for, they had 200 total yards and five touchdowns with the running backs. Granted, it was against the Jets. But Harris is eighth in rushing yards and averages 4.6 yards per carry. And I am fairly certain they're going to try running the ball on Sunday and they're going to need Justin Jones. So I hope he's there in some capacity or at least in a little capacity, but then healthy enough to play moving forward. They have not activated him yet, but I hope that he is trending towards playing on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very good sign that he was back at practice today in the first day, and, you know, this wasn't like a waited out till Thursday or Friday situation to see if uh, maybe he would play, maybe he wouldn't. You know, it's good that he's back in the right. building pretty much to start on Monday. Um, so that's very good. I mean, they need him if they're going to beat the Patriots um, because <laughs> their run defense against what, uh, you know, that Patriots run game is, is not going to be pretty if if he's not playing. That's just the reality of it. Um, but Drew Tranquil and Asir Adderley being back is great as well. Need linebacker depth as much as possible. And Drew Tranquil, when he was the starting linebacker, was really good at doing it. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we get that Tranquil-White uh, pairing as uh, this week as well, even if Murray isn't uh, quite back yet. So that's going to be really important to watch. Yeah, so murray was practicing off to the side um essentially you know he'd be a limited
2: participant they didn't say if they if they would he had been designated to return from injured reserve so my guess is that he will not be playing this week obviously it's early and that can change um uh, but it does seem like justin jones is on track which has been you know arguably the missing piece of this defense so uh envy talent i see your uh super chat question we'll get to that in a second um about some trades but i wanted to finish this up because brandon staley was asked about the run defense today and he gave a really interesting answer as it relates to trades as it relates to their team as it relates to coaching and so i wanted to read it here he said quote our front mechanics and technique at the first level need to improve needs to improve is with me i need to do a better job coaching because our players will play better if we define things better we played three premium running premium running teams that expose those tough moments for us. So, like I said, you can look at me, why look at me for why it didn't go well enough. We've made good corrections over the last week or so, and I'm excited to get it going with our guys. So, I mean, first things first, I love that Brandon Staley is taking ownership for this. I think you know, we have all kind of dubbed him uh, defensive genius and, and coaching genius and whatever the case may be. I love the fact that he's taking ownership for this, and I love the fact that he is saying that like, hey, we need to do a better job coaching. You know, that he's not, you know, throwing anybody under the bus. So that is good. I know a lot of people when they saw that I tweeted this were like, oh, so they're not really trading it for anyone. I think that's possible too. I think really, you know, I was talking with uh Craig on Twitter today. I think they're waiting to see what this run defense looks like with Justin Jones. And then if it still looks like shit, then maybe they trade for somebody else after that. So I'm not like making any general you know, roster construction takeaways from that statement yet. Um, Only focusing on Brandon Staley taking ownership for that fact. And I think that is the right thing to say in that situation.
1: Yeah, I I don't think it matters. I mean, quite frankly, whether or not they say anything because (laughs) Telesco works in silence. I mean, it doesn't matter uh, what Staley says in regards to a trade. Um, And I I think they can make a trade at any time. I don't really think it's about how Justin Jones plays because they know that he's going to be better But like, you know, it's not enough to solve the run defense, at least immediately, because he's probably going to be in a somewhat limited capacity this week, like Steven mentioned earlier. So to me, you know, I don't think that should prevent a trade for Akeem Hicks, if that's what they want to do, or a trade for somebody else. But we'll see what that pans into uh, later. But I thought it was a very diplomatic answer in general, um, because it was (laughs) like, well, yeah, I mean, I could be doing better. But like, at what point is this really about? coaching like to me the issue is more that they don't have the personnel right now uh, when it comes to stopping Mm -hmm. people in the run game with jerry tillery um, and some of the others like we you know tyler brings up the stats about jerry tillery in the in the run pass game and you know all the pressure he's you know not getting even when joey bosa is double and triple teamed like he's been a problem in the run game too um linval's been pretty decent in the run game but like you've had kind of mild performances from christian covington and others So like, to me, uh, you know, I think that you can do some things better coaching wise, but to me, the unit is the unit, like, and the guys are the guys that they have right now. So to me, I thought it was a very diplomatic, like coaching, oh, I'll take ownership of this. But I mean, I'm really not sure what Brandon Staley can do about this other than hope Justin Jones comes back or, you know, obviously hope for a trade or something along those lines, because to me, it is still a personnel issue at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, it's very nice of him to not throw anyone under the bus other than himself. I like that he's taking ownership, sure, whatever. But if you ask me before the season which position group was probably coached the best or had the best position group coaches, Probably would have said defensive line. You have a combination of Staley, Giff Smith and Jay Rogers. I know Rogers is outside linebackers, but he is the run game coordinator on defense. So they're all expected. Yeah, they're all involved. And I would have expected them to be the best coach. So for them to say, Oh, we're just not teaching it right. I don't know if I really buy that because I do think this coaching staff can maximize this group. And I think this is just kind of the best that they're going to get. And I hope that they're not waiting. Do I think Justin Jones makes the run defense better? Sure. But I I hope they're not waiting for him. I hope they're not waiting for the results of the next few weeks to be like, oh, okay, we're looking better. So we don't have to trade for a guy because that's great, but they're falling into a trap because the defense, the run defense is going to get better. Just certain laws of averages, like like they said, they played three premium teams who are good with the run game and it looked bad, but hoping it gets better. And so they're going to play, you know, the Eagles Patriots, who I think are good at it, but some other teams just, there aren't the the Broncos, excuse me, they aren't the Browns, the Ravens or the Cowboys. So it just naturally sure. it's going to get better. So if they look at that and go, oh, we got better. Great. They, they will get better, but then the postseason rolls around and you have to play the Ravens, the Browns again, you know, maybe the the, in the Super Bowl, you're yeah, the Titans. God, maybe in the Super Bowl, you're playing the the Cowboys. So I hope that they don't look at <coughs> the, the results of the next few weeks and go, oh, you know, what? I think we've got this. We're going to make it because I think they can make the postseason regardless of the run defense. It's just what can you do in the postseason? So I really hope they don't trap themselves and just say, hey, we got better. Let's roll with what we got. No, like you need to know that you're going to face those really good teams again. And I don't think one guy's going to change that.
2: Yeah, like we're all big fans of Justin Jones, he, you know. I thought mm-hmm. and I think we're all in agreement that he was one of the three or four best players against the Washington football team at least in the first half when he was on the field. So, mm-hmm. tr- you know, trusting the extent of this run defense or this the potential success on Justin Jones's return. That's a risky move. Like that is a trap because you're banking on a player who when healthy has been very very good. But he has struggled to stay healthy throughout his career. So, like, what happens if Justin Jones comes back, plays, like, the next four or five games at a really high level, and he gets injured? What happens if Lin-Va- if Limbaugh Joseph gets injured? What happens if Joey Bosa gets injured? Like, these are all questions that you're talking about, the depth of the defensive line, and you're like, you need some other dudes. And I think, you know, Christian Cummington is a fine role player. I think Forrest Merrill, Braden Fajoko, like, they're fine role players. But you need a difference maker in the middle. And they don't really have that. Maybe that's Justin Jones when he comes back. Maybe he stays healthy. I don't know. But right now, they just they don't have that difference maker. And I think, you know, if we want to pivot to some some trade talk right now, I think if you do that trade for Akeem Hicks, I think that makes a ton of sense. I think that despite his age and despite his, you know, current status of being a little banged up, I think he is a difference maker. You know, I posted today that he had more pressures and run stops than Jerry. Than Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones had in 2020 combined. So I, I think you trade for Akeem Hicks. It only costs you five million dollars to do that. You still have a, a good amount of cap space that you can roll over, and you go from there. Uh, so I know everybody is like, "Tom Zupasco doesn't make trades." We're still going to talk about it because I think trading for Akeem Hicks solves a lot of their issues. It helps Joey Bosa get you know more one on ones. It helps the run defense. To me, it just makes so much sense. And there's all the coaching connections. And the Bears are a team that's going down the drain. So to me, when you're looking at like the checklist of potential trades, Akeem Hicks checks every single box, in my opinion.
1: I think he checks every single box, except the fact that the Bears are fighting for their jobs uh, with Nagy Hicks. So I don't (laughs) I don't think that they're trading Akeem Hicks. Like, I mean, it's a fun thing to think about, and I hope it happens, you know, and I would hope the Chargers would be a team, but... They need him this year because great you traded him for a 5th round pick. Oh, and you're fired and you go don't get to use that pick. <laughs> like so to me like I, I, as much as I would like it to happen, I don't think it's a really realistic solution at this point unless, you know, they're guaranteed job security and then the Bears really do go all in on a Fields kind of style tank.
3: Yeah, I, I guess you could spin that and say, "Well, we're trading Hicks and a few guys because we're preparing to build around Justin Fields." We know the picks we can to get receivers and linemen and yada, yada, whatever. But yeah, I would love for Hicks to be available. I would like them for at least to try and just try this one. It's so low cost. There's really low risk. If it doesn't work out, you move on. It's not that bad. It's not a long-term thing. I'd love for them just to try it. Give it a shot. I even like that. They brought in like back in the day, Cardale Jones, Easton stick, Geno Smith. They were kind of working through quarterbacks to figure out what they wanted. And lo and behold, their target all this time was Justin Herbert. Now, granted, those guys aren't at all like Justin Herbert, but I think you get some mobility. You kind of figure out what works for you. And I think getting someone like Hicks, like, hey, let's try this rotation. Let's try different players. Let's find, I don't know, high talent, you know, defensive tackles rather than what they currently have, you know, some guys that are just better. Maybe that'll just kind of give them a little like, hey, I like this. This works for our team moving forward. Maybe we'll prioritize this. I don't know. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I really think I really think based on the comments that nothing is happening. I think they are uh, stuck with what they got. Arjun, I saw you mention uh, where they have to make a decision on Fahoko this week. He is back. Uh, I don't know how that works out between uh, Merrill and Fahoko. I don't know how that works. Um, but we'll see. But I do, I do know Fahoko
2: is back. Yeah. And, you know, so that is... I don't know. Like I, I think there are rotational things and you know schematic things that this team can do uh, to kind of you know mitigate some risk there. You know the way that they're playing Jerry Tillery right now is so confusing to me. He plays more snaps per game than Joey Bosa, which just like is mind boggling. But um, really, to the really he's he's on the field for like ninety percent of snaps every single game. He never comes off the field. So the it's, way that they're
1: playing Jerry Tillery is mind boggling because he's bad.
2: That's the only reason it's (laughs) mind-boggling. Yeah, unfortunately. uh, That is a big swing and a miss for me. Um, But getting back to the Bears, like, I don't know if you guys saw this. They, after being blown up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have a worse point differential than the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: (laughs) I wanted to note one funny thing from that game. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else was watching well, wow, when Brady threw the 600 TD pass on uh, CBS, and so Romo and Nance are there. And so Nance is like, oh, man, the, the fans got to give the ball back. And then, like, frat boy Romo was just like, oh, if I was the fan, I would offer the ball back for a date with Giselle. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're married and have kids. <laughs> like, it's just so weird. I was just laughing for how it oh, <laughs> it's like i'm surprised you got away with that
2: yeah (laughs) Yeah. mark jackson was talking about lebron's wife that one time it was so (laughs) weird
1: it was funny though
2: um but yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see what the the bears do i think there are lots of teams this week that are like right on the borderline of potentially becoming sellers like we're hearing from several people that the miami dolphins are like a dumpster fire and that it's a huge mess there after winning 10 games last year thanks for the pick though <laughs> yeah <laughs> shout out to the the eagles there but um you know it, it's going to be interesting i don't think that there's going to be any major trades this week outside of joe flacco um you know the big <laughs> trades if any will be happening next week after these teams figure out you know how bad they are or not so the bears right now are that team like they're teetering on potentially Getting a, a seven seed again because the NFC is either you're great or you're awful. So, you know, the, the Bears have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs if they can figure out how to score some points for once. Uh, but if they lose this week to the Niners, then they're probably closer to a top 10 pick. So, those are all those kind of issues. Um, I wanted to get now to uh, Envy Talents question. Again, he, he's been mm-hmm. so great and supportive to our show. So, shout out to him. Yes, thank you. Um, he wants to know between OJ Howard. Brandon Cooks, Andre Dillard, Ryan Kerrigan, who would we take? And that's uh, assuming trade. So, you know, you can take Mm -hmm. the potential contracts or whatever the case may be there. Um, Tyler, of these four choices, who would you pick to add to the Chargers?
3: Okay, not OJ Howard. Uh, I think Kerrigan is out for me. So it's between Cooks and Andre Dillard here. And if he plays right tackle and plays it well, I'm going with the guy who plays right tackle. Like that to me is the biggest need. Yeah. I, I I obviously want the Chargers to be more dynamic on, especially on first down, um, especially because they've not completed many deep passes on first down, at least the last three weeks. But like Dillard versus Norton, I'm going to go with Dillard here. So it's it's kind of easy, even though a Cooks is, is definitely interesting and it probably costs you less to get Cooks, but I, I'd still go with the offensive lineman here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's Andre Dillard by a mile. Uh, Like Brandon Cooks, I mean, he has a $15 million cap hit next year. I'm not taking that. Ryan Kerrigan is basically just another Kyler Fackrell. um, I was going to say, is he he even playing for the Eagles this year? Yeah, he plays, but I mean. Uh, He's on the Eagles? yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, he's on the Eagles now. Uh, okay. I mean, he's, he's basically just Kyler role. Um And so, OJ Howard is, I mean, they already have plenty of tight ends. They don't need any more. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, Trey McKitty can't even play on the anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's Andre Dillard. And if that can potentially solve the tackle problem, then, you know, you take that chance if the Eagles are really willing to deal him. Um, don't think they would do it, but definitely Dillard out of that group.
2: Yeah, absolutely. On the same page, of course, you know, I'm the offensive line guy, so I got to say Dillard here, but it does, you know, it makes a lot of sense from a long-term perspective, right? Like I think in terms of the long-term future at right tackle, I think drafting one with your first round pick next year is, is probably the best option and trading for a guy like Dillard is probably a pretty close second because he is a former first round pick. There's still a lot of untapped potential there. I know he was basically hurt his whole rookie season, but I think he's shown in the NFL in his limited time. He can play left tackle, right tackle, can play it pretty well. He's athletic. He can move. Um, he still has uh, next year and then the fifth year option after that. Right, Alex?
1: I believe so. for agent 2024.
2: Yeah. So there's a lot of long-term flexibility in trading for a guy like uh, Andre Dillard. Um, wanted to mention, too, I-, I saw on Pro Football Focus today that they think that a uh, a trade for Akeem Hicks would only cost a fifth round pick at most um, and a trade for Andre Dillard according to Ian Rappaport uh, is a day two pick so um, I, I would imagine that maybe you do like a third and like a six or something like that would get it done for Andre Dillard at this point because they have so much money tied into uh, I forget his first name he's playing left tackle Jordan My, Myl- Mylano right? My Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rugby guy. Then, and then Lane Johnson at right tackle so um, those are some interesting ones. Any other guys that you uh, have looked into for potential trades, you two,
1: I would go with Melvin Ingram. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. If the Steelers are willing to deal him, uh, he's on a minimum contract. You get him for the rest of the year and probably doesn't cost you more than seventh conditional sixth. I can't imagine it would be more expensive than that. They have uh, four six round picks to work with this year. Uh, and he has a pretty high grade against the run game this year as a 68.2 uh, on PFF and has been a good contributor for the Steelers. All things considered has pretty much played in every game. Uh, and so uh, he's looking better than he was last year. Obviously, that is just, you know kind of just a health thing. You know, there wasn't really a decline last year. It was just he was battling those injuries. Seems to be healthier this year. Um I would take a chance on it just, just because I do think, you know, if you do have Melvin Ingram at peak health, uh, I do think he's better than Inwosu or Fackrell, um still at this point. So I think you can at least get him to be a contributor on the edge uh, opposite Joey Bosa. So I would take a chance on that. Man, do you think they do that, though? Like, that's a lot of. Oh, they wouldn't that's do big- it. <laughs> I would they, would, they wouldn't do it because you know, pride to swallow and you know, whatever. But yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, he's just better than Fack Roller and WOSU. Like, if he's healthy and he can stop the run, like that's what they need on the edge right now. So, I don't think they're going to do it. But if the Steelers say, Hey, we're willing to trade him, like, he's making what two, two dollars on his contract, like, just do it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, that would be fun. Uh, Craig points out my guy who I really wanted in the draft. Of course, he went in a different direction when, and Wilkins wasn't even there. Um, but yeah, Christian Wilkins would be amazing. Uh, just, yeah. uh, I thought he was a really good talent coming out of college. Have not tracked that how he's been. I'm sure he's been better than what the Chargers have. Uh, he's the been very good. <laughs> yeah, so he's been very good. And of course, because he was he was pretty solid coming out of college, um, even though the the, the uh, Raiders went with Cleveland and Farrell instead. Uh, they could have gone anywhere else and they went with Farrell. In yeah. that draft, but uh, you so I, I'd go with him because I think that team is like the Dolphins are a lost cause. People that watch film seem to think that Tua is actually a lot better than people think, so I'll lean towards like their expertise in that regard. But otherwise, that team is kind of a dumpster fire. And I mean, right now, Jalen Waddle's averaging what 8.7 yards per catch, and Keenan Allen's like 11.2 or something <laughs> like that. I mean, if you if you have Jalen Waddle is averaging 8.7 yards per catch, that pretty much sums up how bad your organization is. I don't understand how you could possibly get someone like Waddle. And after 44 catches, he's at 8.7 yards per catch. You're doing something completely wrong.
2: Yeah. And, you know, everybody talks about like the trading for Waddle thing, and that's that's definitely bad. But that offensive line has been a mess. They've had (laughs) they've had five different starting combinations in seven games. Austin Jackson has given up the most pressures in the league of any position. Um, They drafted (laughs) Solomon Kingley out of Georgia last year in the third round. He's not even playing. He hasn't participated in any of those five different combinations. So they have a lot of roster construction issues beyond Tua. Like, you know, they're considering trading for Deshaun Watson, which is a different mess, but you know, that roster is not very good outside of like the corners and the receivers, I guess, but, then you're totally using Jalen Waddle the wrong way. So it's it's a mess. Um Craig mentions Annie Isabella, which I think is a super interesting one because he's never really been used in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he is a he is a burner, like he is, like Craig is saying here. He is everything that we all think Jalen Guyton is. So any Isabella would be an interesting reclamation project. I think he has um this year and next year left on his rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken, because he was like a second round pick. Um, so that would be an interesting reclamation project. I know a lot of people have talked about Brandon cooks, um, as well. One of the ones that I wanted to mention here, um, is Austin Johnson out of the New York giants. He's a defensive tackle and really is flying under the radar. He actually is tied with Christian Wilkins for second most run stops in the league. And Austin Johnson is making $3 million to do that. He's a former, uh, second round pick by the Tennessee Titans and has not really panned out, Hmm. but he's having a career season in New York and the giants have $400,000 in cap space next year. They cannot afford to bring Austin Johnson back. So if it were me, you know, I, uh, I would definitely make a call there. I know that they're trying to kind of like figure out if they're going to be winning or not after beating the Carolina Panthers. But
1: um, Hmm. to me, that makes a lot of sense as well. Can I nominate another name for the never-gonna-happen category? <laughs> yeah, oh, fair. wait, hold
3: on. What What position is it?
1: Edge. No, I got, I got nothing. Oh, Nick? Von Miller. Von Miller. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Von Miller, here's the thing. The Broncos would never trade him to the Chargers. And, of course, character concerns, yada, yada. But think about it. He's going to be a free agent next year. He's five sacks, really productive this year. Uh, has a bunch of pressures. They need help stopping the run on the edge. It would make a lot of sense on paper. And I mean, you probably don't have to trade that high of a pick for him because his contract's expiring. I don't know, maybe a fifth round or fourth. Like, so to me, I would kind of do it. I mean, I I don't know if the Broncos are actually going to do it and go into sell mode, but it sounds like they're sort of starting to consider that. And I don't know. Uh, I sort of in the vein of the Melvin Ingram thing. I would kind of go after Von Miller. Obviously, he's a much more premium option at this point than someone like Melvin Ingram. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think that one would make a lot of sense if the Broncos are actually willing to start selling. Yeah, to me, if the Broncos are really
2: interested in selling, I'm going after Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris would be more of my guy. I think he fits the need a little bit more. But listen, I'll never say no to Von Miller. Um, so, I mean, Alex, you've talked about a couple edge guys, and I know... A lot of people are are talking about the Dolphins. Would you consider
1: Emmanuel Ogba then? Sure. I, I mean, anyone <laughs> who can help you with the run on the edge, like it's it's any of them. I mean, to be honest, uh, just the late round pick, contract expiring guy. Like, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I have no idea
2: what his stats are. So yeah, sure. <laughs> He's pretty good. He's he's a step up from Moon Wilson and Fackrell, but uh, yeah. Um, all right, guys. Any other uh, potential trade targets here? Craig poses an interesting question about uh, the Niners' defensive line, or, or otherwise, because the Niners are obviously a mess right now, too. What? Who's okay?
3: Who's still on the team? Because I know Buckner's gone. <laughs> Thomas is gone. Yeah. So they're down to obviously Bosa.
1: Yeah, I'm sort of yeah. in the same place. I watched the Colts-Niners games last night, and I don't remember a single person from the Niners. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're good. They sure.
2: <laughs> Excuse me. So they, uh, they're they getting that guy back from suspension today. I, I forget his name. <laughs> that guy, let's get him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think one of their defensive tackles, uh, DJ Jones is interesting. He apparently gave Matt Filer a little bit of a problem in uh, training camp. So that hmm. could be interesting. I mean, their secondary is, is a whole lot of nothing. So I, I think Craig is specifically talking about the defensive line. Maybe you go for a D-Ford. I don't know. That would be an interesting potential he's target, Ayuk I guess. The, he mentioned Ayuk. If we're talking about offense, then that's
3: interesting. Oh. I believe he's been pretty underused, no? Uh,
2: he's in the doghouse right now. He, Whatever reason, uh, Kyle Shanahan said that he had his best week of practice last week. And then uh, t- today he said that he needs to grind more. So I don't know what it is that Kyle Shanahan has. to Jacksonville. That joke was too easy. <laughs> good job. Um, but, yeah, it's been uh, super frustrating for my fantasy teams because I drafted him in all three of my leagues, but they don't, <laughs> they don't like him. Like, he, he was one of the better rookie receivers last year, and they're like, eh, ah, no, we're good. We just need Debo and no one else. Is your fantasy team particularly frustrating this week, Stephen? Yeah, because I'm losing to the worst team in the league because (laughs) all my guys are on bye. (laughs) I had to start Brandon Ayuk this week because I had literally no other options. (laughs) Damn. Um, But yeah, that's an interesting team to keep an eye on, too, because they're obviously, you know, it might be time to uh, start talking about Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat. Um, That is not a pretty Mm -hmm. situation. How
3: long until they stick uh, Lance in there to save his job?
2: Apparently not. Apparently not for a while. Like, Jimmy is their guy if he's healthy.
3: He had, like, a QBR of, like, four (laughs) on Sunday. (laughs) So, you know.
1: Carson Wentz uh, sucked yesterday, and he made Carson Wentz look like a god compared to him. I mean. (laughs) Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I like that comparison by Craig.
2: Brandon Ayuk to Chris Chambers. I like that one. Um, I'm trying to think. There was a couple other people. PFF talked about uh, a guy named Nick Williams, uh, who is a defensive tackle for the Lions. Played in Chicago with Akeem Hicks and Brandon Staley. Uh, had a career season with Brandon Staley when he was on that staff. And then uh, he's not been playing great for the Lions. Um, he's kind of a serviceable run defender but so i'm not like super interested in that but i wanted to bring that up since uh, pff put it out there Mm -hmm. um and then everybody's kind of keeping an eye on the houston texans and who they're selling um marcus cannon is their swing tackle right now i think he would be a very interesting pickup because he's better than storm norton at this point so that could be someone that i'd be keeping an eye on but not like super interested in that but Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there too.
3: I, I agree keep, that we talked about all happen. these
1: trades that aren't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we talked about Julio Jones for two straight weeks, so yeah, that, was, that was fun. It got us some views. That was though.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: The Julio stuff was awesome, man. That was, was a great time. Uh, Quinnen Williams would be quite expensive. I think the Jets would be asking for at least a first round pick for Quinnen. Like he's, he's probably a top five defensive tackle right now. So. I think Quinnen is, is kind of out of the question right now. Hmm. But the Jets have other people, so uh, you know, I haven't looked at, too much into it, but you know the Jets are probably going to be sellers too because Zach Wilson uh, is injured right now, and they're starting Joe Flacco this week after trading for him. Jeez. All right, guys, any other thoughts in terms of uh, potential trade targets here? It won't
3: happen. I like Travis Gibson from the bears only because I've been hearing a lot from him and, or about him. He's behind Mac and Quinn. So he's their third pass rusher. And why would they get rid of a guy who's that inexpensive as their third pass rusher? I don't know, but if they're selling because they want to go with Mac and Quinn and find some other replacement in the draft, because Gibson probably will run a pay raise. I'd go with that. He's an edge rusher, only 10 pressures so far, but only, you know, 72 pass rush snaps. His win rate is higher than Fackerel and, and Rumpf and then Wosu. His productivity is higher than all those guys by quite a bit. So I, I would consider someone like him, especially because there's, I don't think he has a connection to um, Staley, but I think Jay Rogers might.
2: And yeah, right. he would. Yeah. Cause Jay was in Chicago last year. So he would. Um, all right. I, we wanted today to talk about, wow, my sentence structure is awful today. Um, we wanted to talk, about the week seven AFC shakeup that happened yesterday. Uh, It's only right, of course, the Chargers are on bye week and all this crazy shit happened yesterday. Um, So we wanted to talk about the Chiefs in specifics and and how that kind of shakes up the AFC. Um, This is an interesting one because I think this has been kind of, you know, talked about by a lot of the national media, but this Chiefs team, I know we're all kind of on the same page in terms of expecting them to figure it out. But it's it's been seven weeks now. Like that defense is not getting any better. You know, Frank Clark and Chris Jones were were seen in the fourth corner, kind of laughing on the sidelines and and kind of moping around and not really giving any shits. And so, it's an interesting question to see if the Chiefs are kind of done, or do we actually expect them to figure it out, or or where do we see the Chiefs at? Tyler, I'll start with you on this one.
3: I don't think they're done in the sense like I don't I don't think they're out of the postseason race by any means, and, and no one should count them out unless they're mathematically eliminated or Patrick Mahomes dies. So I think that they're going to make the postseason, and then at that point, because their interior offensive line plays really well, their tackles yeah. are okay, but they don't adjust very well to that deep passing game or at least the big drops. Um, but like they're going to be a good team in the end. I don't think they're. For best team in the AFC West by any means at this point, but they're still the Chiefs, and all they have to do is make the dance, and then at that point they can take down really any team. Like I could, if they play the Titans again in the playoffs, they could probably win, and it would probably be almost a completely different game. Yeah. Um. So, I, well, I don't think they're the class of the AFC by any means. I am glad that their mistakes are finally catching up to them because I feel like I've been crazy for years. Like. This defense isn't good. This defense isn't good. I know it's not good. <laughs> it was never good, but they were so good at taking the ball away. And then, of course, you give Mahomes one more you know, series, he's going to score, and they win every time, especially against the Chargers. It was the same thing. Chiefs defense wasn't good, but they give the ball away. The Chiefs would win. So now I'm, I'm really glad it's catching up to them. They are in a pickle for sure moving forward, though. I just, there's not really a lot of, like, there's there's talent. There's high-end talent. And there's like crap after that. There just really isn't like another kind of guy in there. Like there's no like Uchenna and mostly, for example, he's not a star by any means, but I think there's no like other edge rusher who's like that. There's not really like another mid tier solid guy. They don't have a lot of guys like that on their roster. And, and the draft, the chargers were really, really close to having the same kind of draft, uh, the poor drafts, the chiefs have had, because they've had, I think you pointed out, they had maybe one and a half to two hits the last three or four drafts. I mean, it's you look at that list, and it's like, who, who, who? And granted, I'm sure Chiefs fans know who they are. Like, we know who you know, sure. Nick Neiman is, and I would have no idea who their six-round pick is. Maybe they're a contributor, I don't know. But looking at that list, it's really rough. Um, so while I do think they'll figure it out this year, they have a lot of questions moving forward, for sure. And I, I don't think that they are the class of the AFC, for sure. Not even the class of the AFC West right now.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. So I was always on the bandwagon of like, oh, they'll figure it out. And it's Mahomes and all that. Uh, I think mm. I'm slowly coming off of it because to be honest, <laughs> they have some really hard games left. They have they the second hardest strength of schedule left in the league. They have a stretch that is Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, Broncos at mile high. Then the Raiders again, uh, Chargers, Steelers in Pittsburgh, uh, the Bengals, and then they wrap it up with the Broncos. So mm. they have a really tough schedule, and it's like not that hard to see them having at the very least the four losses they have now. Maybe three or four losses in that stretch. Um, obviously, they could always turn it up because they're the Chiefs. But if you're finishing with seven or eight losses, you're probably a wild card team, uh, or maybe like yeah. fighting for that last wild card spot. So um, I don't know. I'm not out on the Chiefs. They have Mahomes, and you know that will always be. Uh, a great thing Mm -hmm. for them. But the problem is that right now Mahomes is averaging an interception a game in his last 16 games, right? So he's turning the ball over, unfortunately, for them, um, partially because of their miscommunication on offense and stuff. But it's always been, you know, hey, they're going to get bailed out because of Mahomes and all that. But right now, that's just not the case, right? So on paper, you know, even though they were the worst team in the Super Bowl, like, I would take the Chiefs over the Bucks last year or pick them because they have Mahomes and the other team doesn't. Right. But I think that that's just starting to kind of run out because of how bad, noticeably bad the defense is and how much the offense is struggling right now, particularly with turnovers. So I'm not out on the uh, Chiefs. They'll always be the Chiefs uh, on some level because they have Mahomes and Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill and all that. But um yeah, I don't know. I, I think they'll maybe make it in, but I'm kind of throwing them out of the AFC West contention um, as far as it is now, just because of how hard the remaining schedule is.
2: Yeah, it, it's a it's a really tough schedule. They play the Giants on Monday Night Football this week, which like who the hell scheduled that one? Um, <laughs> but, you know, like Alex mentioned, that's a really difficult you know schedule. And I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of on the same page where it's like, I'm not counting them out yet you know, Mahomes is too good and your is too smart. Uh, I, I still think that they'll get into the playoffs or potentially be close. Like there was a lot of people saying yesterday, like, Oh, like the chiefs are going to be out. The chiefs are not going to make the playoffs. And it's like, well, the AFC is still really up for grabs. Like outside of the bills getting the one seed, I think two through seven is really up for grabs and you go really any other way. Um, So it's just, I will never count them out. Right. Because like that, they just have that kind of talent, but to get back to Tyler's point, you look at the drafts that they have had since they took Patrick Mahomes and it's it's not pretty. like in the 2018 draft, they took a defensive end in the second round who's not even on the team. They have they took Derek Nandi, who's a solid like run stuffing run stuffing defensive tackle. Third round pick's not on the team. 4th round pick is like a is behind Daniel Sorensen. that's how bad he is. Um, receiver not on the team, defensive tackle not on the team. And that's every single year. Michael Hardman and Juan, Juan Thornhill are okay. You know, hardly, you know, difference makers. I think Lajarius Sneed is, is really, really good. And Creed Humphrey is really, really good. But those are their only two, like, hits. You know, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is talented, but he's, he's not panned out and not, you know, proven worthy of being a first-round pick. You know, TBD on Trey Smith, who I think will eventually become a hit for them because I think he's really solid, but... He's been some, you know a little up and down. So they've got some major roster concerns too. And it's a lot of confusing swings and misses like Frank Clark. I think he's like the 58th or 59th highest pass rush, win rate edge rusher on PFF right now. And it's just, it's not, and he's the most expensive defense player in the league this year. So they, oh. they have to figure out how to get even average on defense and you know Mahomes has to figure out to how to stop turning the ball over. If Mahomes stops turning the ball over, then they'll be okay this year. But defensively, like they they need to overhaul have a massive overhaul on that side of the ball.
3: Yeah, their their defense is so bad. I, I forget if they've updated it for this week, but their defense on like the EPA graph like offense versus defense. <laughs> it's put that. their logo like on the like they had to find like a new quadrant. <laughs> to put the defense because it was so bad. It is historically really bad, it looks like.
2: Yeah. So on the opposite side of the Chiefs, obviously, is the Titans, who uh mm. after losing to the Jets, have beaten the Bills and the Chiefs in back to back weeks because football sometimes makes no sense. Uh, and it is what it is. Like Derrick Henry didn't even have a very good game yesterday, and they destroyed the Chiefs. So I think all three of us picked the, the Titans to win the that division. Am I correct? Yes, pretty sure. So, I I, like my expectations for them have not changed. They'll be in the playoffs. I know a lot of people are like talking them, uh, talking about them as Super Bowl contenders today. Alex, where are you at with the Tennessee Titans these days?
1: Um, I think they're Super Bowl contenders, but in the sense that I think everybody in the AFC is kind of a Super Bowl (laughs) contender right now, right? Like, I mean, you have, you know, you just talked about like the Bills wrapping up the one seed the one seed belongs to the Bengals right now <laughs> like, <laughs> as much as we yeah. want to talk about that, like that, then they dominated the Ravens. Right. Um, so to me, you just look at pretty much all of these teams that are sort of log jammed in there and over the course of the season, I'm sure they'll separate themselves out and all that. But to me, it's wide open. And, you know, if you have Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill's playing good, you know, that that's always a formula that can win you games. Their defense is starting to play a little bit better um than it had been previously. So yeah, and like just the physicality that they can provide on offense because they have yeah, Julio man. Jones, Derrick Henry, and uh, AJ Brown, who I'm pretty sure all average like 250 pounds <laughs> just <laughs> throwing at you uh every single play, right? Um, so you know, to me, I don't see a reason that they can't win the AFC. Um, just like I don't see a reason that the Bills or the Chargers or you know some of these other teams that we're always talking about can't win too because it's, it's really wide open um, in some of these divisions.
3: Yeah, their schedule isn't even all that bad. They have the Rams coming up not next this week, but the following week. But then it's like, I don't know what to make of the Saints. They get to play the Texans two more times. They get to play the Jaguars, the Patriots, the Steelers, who eh, the Niners who don't look good at all, the Dolphins who are in disarray. But their strength of schedule is pretty easy. So as long as if they can win against the Rams and they get the Rams at home, they have a legit shot like them and the Bills have a really, really easy schedule to finish out the year. And the way they're playing and the way that Derek Henry's playing like a true MVP candidate, even though he won't win it, he's playing his ass off. He didn't have to do much against the the, uh, the Chiefs. But the weeks prior, he's, oh, my God, they can't stop this guy. And so. Yeah, I, I just I, w- I would love to see the Chargers make that that push for the number one seed, but the schedule is just so easy. Texans twice, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, like that's kind of cake. Whereas the, the Chargers at least still have to go through the rest of the AFC West and a couple of other good teams. So, you know, I'm, I think they're a pretty solid team, but I I, I think I want to see them beat at least the Colts or Rams in the next two weeks before I really think they can be a Super Bowl contender. I know that the Colts aren't like that great of a team. But, like, I just want to see them get, like, one more win, string it together, and show that these two wins were, you know, kind of the norm rather than what happened against the Jets where they lost.
2: Yeah, well, and even the matchup with the Colts, like, that's a divisional game. You know, mm-hmm. the Colts, the best thing about the Colts is that front seven with the Forrest Buckner and Darius Leonard. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a game where I think if Derrick Henry plays, you know, as good as he has been, then the MVP talk will kind of, you know, rash it up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Have you guys seen how many carries that man is on pace for?
3: No. uh Got to be over 300.
2: So the, the previous record was some guy in like the 90s. I, I want to say it was like 391 or something like that. And it, 17 games, of course. But Derrick Henry right now is on pace for over 425 <laughs> carries. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Dang. And like that's so crazy to me. Like picturing a 400 carry running back, it's it, it's insane um so alex alex mentioned the Bengals, which was kind of the other big result yeah. from yesterday mm-hmm. and everybody on twitter was like oh i can't believe the chargers lost to this ravens team it's like well two different games divisional matchups you never really know um yep. but i i think there is legitimate questions if the Bengals are for real if the ravens are also for real after this point um you know i think when i look at the Bengals at this point they're kind of like that big play waiting to happen team with Jamar Chase and T Higgins and all these guys, but they're not super efficient on offense yet to this point. So I I keep on waiting for the Bengals to like, you know, you know, throw out a stinker game and and lose to a team that they shouldn't and, you know, be the team that I thought they would be heading into the season, which was kind of like a seven, eight win team, but they're playing great, man. And, you know, Jamar Chase has proven to be, a you know worthwhile pick in the top five he's been awesome i think he's like second in the league right now in receiving yards like i said big play waiting to happen that touchdown he had yesterday was crazy broke like four tackles so i I think the Bengals are i still think they're like borderline contenders i'm not ready to make that full leap yet i still kind of expect the ravens to win that division But the Bengals are definitely much better than I thought they were. And it was a very impressive win yesterday. What about you guys?
1: Oh, my God. Did we just get Steven saying Jamar Chase was a worthwhile pick on the show on recorded audio? That's amazing. Um, But but anyway. I didn't say he
2: was the right pick. I (laughs) said he was a worthwhile pick. Oh, here we go. Listen, (laughs) Penesal is still going to be a great player, man. Like I don't think that's a situation where you can choose wrong.
1: But Jamar Chase has been great so far we were alleging that they chose wrong back in April. But anyway, uh, no, I think that the Bengals, look, I I think the thing with the Bengals is you look at the Ravens and Browns and they're both really injured right now, Um, particularly the Browns dealing with what Baker's going through uh, and what a lot of people in their team are going through. So to me, I I would just kind of think that I'm not going to say the Bengals are like the favorite in the division. I think that you might have them with co-favorites with the Ravens and and sort of how that's going to play out. But to me... They're the healthiest team and they have like the hardest thing to stop on offense right now uh, with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So to me, I I would not necessarily put them in the driver's seat for the AFC like they currently are, but I mean, at some point, you know, the Browns and the Steelers don't look very good uh, and the Ravens are injured. Right. So to me at at this point, I kind of shifted over to the Bengals and they're a team that probably should be six and one right now because they lost that game where uh, Evan McPherson missed like three kicks against the Packers in that, you know, incredible, right. you know, incredibly bad overtime. So to me, like, I, I I'm not going to go as far as to call them a legit team, but they're a problem on offense and they're good enough on defense, you know, to win most weeks and the other teams in their division are either injured or have poor quarterback play right now when you talk about Baker and, and Ben. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I would, I would put the Bengals as as pretty legit given the circumstances. Obviously, things could change, uh, and certain elements of their team could regress. But uh, I think you got to give them the respect for what they've done to this point in the season. Yeah, the Bengals are a much better team than I would have guessed.
3: It, it's and they've certainly shifted my thinking because I was kind of there with Steven on you know taking an elite receiver over an elite tackle prospect. I still like. I, I personally would still take the lineman, but they've definitely shifted my my way of thinking, I guess. But it certainly transformed their offensive potential, but their defense is so much more solid than I would have guessed. I never really yeah. like we saw hints of it. We knew that like did some good safeties, some good front like line talent. Um, it's not Jeff Wilson. Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson that's the linebacker's yeah. name. Apparently he's yeah. playing amazing. Of course, that's the a guy that a lot of people really wanted in a later round over someone like Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen just because of the value, and of course, he looks really good, and Murray is LB3 on this team, Um, but they're pretty good. If the Ravens were healthy, I think I would give them the edge, especially because they've been there, done that sort of team. This team knows what to do when the moments count, I think, um, especially with Harbaugh, but they're just not healthy, and they keep losing players. It just doesn't, I don't know. I, I I just don't think, it's amazing that the Chargers team got blown out by them because they're missing quite a bit of talent. I think the Bengals were able to expose some of that so while I do think the Ravens aren't as bad as that loss looked, I have to give them, I have to give the Bengals the edge right now over them. And they're, you know, I thought the Chargers would beat the Bengals kind of no problem this year, um, especially because I thought the Bengals wouldn't have much of an offensive line. I don't know if they do, but I believe it's better. Um, and obviously their offense, they're 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 scoring like crazy. They were just putting up points at will with starters with backups against the Ravens, which is really impressive. So and I was worried because I picked a couple weeks ago, I picked the Packers to beat the Bengals outright in our pick'em. And I was really nervous watching that game. Of course, you know, the, the kicks and the yada, yada, all that problem. But they did a pretty good job on defense, defense against Aaron Rodgers and company. So, you know, give them credit. They're they're definitely a better team. They're almost contenders, in my opinion. And they've earned the right to be in that category, which is much better than I would have guessed they
2: were. Yeah, absolutely. So next five games for the Bengals, they play the Jets on Sunday. So they'll win that one. Um, Then they play the Browns, Raiders, Steelers, Chargers. So tough Mm. five games for the Bengals. I think that's going to tell us a lot. Uh, And obviously a great time to mention that we are giving away tickets to the Chargers and Bengals game on our Twitter. You'll find that uh, pinned to our profile right now, the details of how to sign that up. Great seats in the 100 section, courtesy of Darren Bunch and Taylor Santiago. So please go check that out. You'll sign up for our Patreon page comment on the specific post who you would be taking to the game. Um, and we will announce the winner of that uh, giveaway next Monday. So go check that out. If you live on the East coast, that's a great opportunity to go to a fun game. I think it's a much you know more competitive game than I was expecting. I know Alex is making a face right now because it happens to be in the
1: state of Ohio. Um... No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm giving you the stank face because you just called Cincinnati, the East coast. That's not the East Coast. That's in Ohio. Ohio is not the I East Coast. I said if you
2: live on the East Coast. <laughs> oh, I didn't okay. say Ohio
1: was on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll give you the con. The con is you have to go to Ohio, and Ohio is a shithole. But you get to watch the 2020 Offensive Rookie of the Year battle against the 2021 Offensive Rookie yeah. of the Year. So, I mean, that should be some fireworks. Yeah, it would be a super fun game. Heading into the season, I think we all kind of looked at the
2: Bengals as like a trap game potential for the Chargers. Turns Mm -hmm. out it's just going to be a really fun competitive game. So uh, whether you live on the East Coast or Ohio or the Midwest or the West Coast in L.A., uh, go check out that giveaway. I think that's a fun opportunity to go plan for a road game um, and a great chance to see a, a good football game. So last one here, unfortunately, we have to talk about the Raiders beating Alex's Eagles. It was really great to see all those Eagles fans show up. I wish the Eagles team would have shown up with them. Um, but the Raiders have won the last two games. They're getting that, you know, interim head coach boost. Um, mm. a lot of people again are, are giving them a lot of hype and they're five and two, and they deserve some credit for you know bouncing back and, and winning these last two games after that whole mess. But uh Tyler, do you I mean your dad's a Raiders fan, so do you expect and does your dad expect this team? Uh, to continue winning, and uh, like, how do you have them in the AFC hierarchy?
3: Well, my dad, of course, expects them to continue winning. I actually got <laughs> to go to this uh, sports bar and watch the game with him, and like, they looked good. Like, they played really well. The Eagles had absolutely no answer for them on defense. Um, Henry Ruggs was doing intermediate and short routes, which is really good to see for his development. Bad for the NFL, who are trying to defend him because they really didn't have to take many deep shots. Waller was out, and they went to Moreau, and he looked great. Um, Jacobs is much healthier he looked like a healthy player where he wasn't healthy against the Chargers and I think that is something to consider the next time they match up and their defense you know Ngakwe looks good Um, what's his name Max Crosby was jumping over the offensive line to hold uh, the QB sneak or whatever it was from getting into the end zone like they're looking pretty solid they're two defensive edge rushers really good their secondary is playing okay Um, and all the Chargers players are really stepping up for them uh, with Brandon Face on even making some tackles at that point. Although, did Perryman go down in that game? I don't recall if he's hurt. I know he leads the NFL so, in tackles. No. I thought he got. He hurt leads more. the NFL in the, tackles right now. I believe at the time of the game, yes. I don't know if he does after this past uh, week, but yes, at the time of the game, he leads the NFL in tackles. Wow. I don't know how many uh, of those were his own teammates, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no I, I think they're I think they're a solid team, uh, good for them for taking the John Gruden stuff and, you know, taking in stride and and winning. I have them as the second best team in the AFC West. Their record will be good enough to probably get them into the postseason. I just I don't know, I don't really buy them and even watching, and especially because I watched Derek Carr forwards and literally watched Derek Carr in reverse just to make fun of him uh, when he played the Chargers. Like he right. looked really flustered and not very good in that game. The Chargers were able to get to him with blitzes, and he was just not seeing the field. So while I do think you know good for them for winning, they're a couple of weeks removed from losing to the Bears, who are atrocious <laughs> on offense, nice. and the Bears had no problem with the Raiders. So you know I think they're a good team. I think they could make the postseason, but I don't really buy them as much as say someone like the Bengals.
1: To be totally honest, I still think they're frauds. Um, I think that they've beaten the Broncos and the Eagles, which is like great, but you know, that's like beating the two stupid kids at the table. I don't know. Like, what do you want me to do with that? Um, In terms of the Bears, yeah, they lost that game. And, you know, I, I just, what do they have over the Bengals and the Ravens? Like, they don't, they're not better than those teams. They're not better than the Chargers right now. They just lost to them. They're not better than the Bills. So to me, they're the six or seven the best team at the AFC at best. Like, and I think that uh, Derek Carr is good. Their offense is very good and they will always be a problem for teams. But like, to me, you know, I'm not giving Rich Bisacci a credit because he beat the Eagles and the Broncos. Like what do you fucking do? That's what you're supposed to do uh, when you have Derek Carr as your quarterback and a pretty loaded offense, um now the the next stretch in their schedule will sort of be where the rubber hits the road you have the Chiefs you have the Bengals you have the Cowboys um uh, I think then there's the Chiefs again and the Browns so like that stretch will kind of tell us whether they're for real or not but to be totally honest like I I just still don't really buy them um I think a lot of their flaws were shown in the Chargers and Bears games uh to me like I I I just have a hard time believing they're going to really pull it all together during that final stretch and not collapse like pretty much every Raiders team has in the last three or four years. Right. Uh, so, uh, well, I, I was going to say I'd like to be proven wrong, but I wouldn't like to be proven wrong because of the Raiders, <laughs> um, frankly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But to me, you know, like I was I was sort of impressed with how their defense played a little bit yesterday. But to be honest, like... I don't see how beating the Eagles is like an accomplishment like you should be able to do that. Um so uh yeah, I guess we'll see what the Raiders are going forward, but right now I don't buy them.
2: Yeah, they're they're the opposite end of the spectrum of of the Chiefs, right? Where I expect the Chiefs to figure it out until proven otherwise. I expect the Raiders to be frauds until proven <laughs> otherwise. You know, we've seen them do this before. I think last year at this time they were 6 and 3 or something like that. So, you know, they play the Giants coming out of the bye, um, which they have this week. After that, you know, the schedule that Alex mentioned is difficult for them. Um, And we'll find out. We'll find out a lot about a lot of these teams. Right. So I think there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of clarity that we need in, in this pecking order. And of course, you know, that the AFC has never been this wide open in my life, I think. Like when was the last time that we yeah. can remember there being legitimately like six or seven teams that could win this conference? Usually there's like one or two depending on the Patriots year, or the Chiefs years or, or the Broncos years. So mm. obviously we have to talk about where the Chargers fit into all of this. Alex, what do you think? Where do you, where do you see the Chargers, you know, stacking up at this point?
1: Um I think a lot of it will obviously depend on how they look once they get their guys back, um but I, I expect yeah. them to look pretty good. Personally, if you made me rank them right now, I would have the Chargers, I think I'd have them third or fourth in the AFC, uh, in that group of teams that is like the Bills, the Chiefs, or not, sorry, not the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, and the Ravens, like I think they're sort of behind there or equal to some of those teams, but I, I kind of have them as the fourth best team. Obviously the Titans are in there. And while I don't think the Titans are a better team than the chargers, the Titans are the team that's most equipped to give the chargers, the problems in the playoffs Yeah, um, because they have Terry Henry and he'll average, you know, uh, 500 yards per carry against the chargers that they ever play. Uh, <laughs> so that would be concerning. So uh, yeah, no, I, I have the middle of the pack when we talk about like those seven, eight AFC contenders for now. I mm-hmm. think I would put the Chargers probably third or fourth.
3: Yeah, that's about fair. I, I think that they're a better team than the Titans, yet I think the Titans could beat them. Um, kind of like we're talking right. about Derek Henry. Just a <clears throat> that, that's a tough matchup. I think looking at the rest of their schedule, thankfully this is the easy part. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they went eight and three. I think there's two not definite losses, but like two losses, I think, in there plus one because it's the NFL and they're going to lose one of those games like eight and three, the rest of the way isn't bad by any means. And that's a really good finish to the season for them. So I, I think I have them definitely as the division winner. I think at this point they are the best in the division. And I think, you know, the fourth seed sounds about right.
2: The fourth seed and a matchup with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yay. Super fun. I'll take it. That's a great, <laughs> I'll take it over it. the
1: Titans because the Titans have Derek Henry, who's not fraudulent. <laughs> <laughs> no it,
2: it's it's amazing to like sit here and, and talk about this right because like i said like there's always been you know the patriots over everybody and and mm-hmm. you know the broncos when they had Peyton and the chiefs with mahomes and so you know everybody is is right in that tier i i think the bills are, are gonna be the one seed i think they have the best overall roster in the afc mm-hmm. but outside of that i think it really is up for grabs and i think i would agree with you Um, you know, probably third or fourth. I think to me, even though the Ravens got destroyed against the Bengals on Sunday, I I still think that they're the second best team in the conference. They're a little bit uh game script dependent, of course. You know, that's kind of what happened yesterday is the Bengals kind of got out to that early lead in the second half, and then Mm -hmm. you know, then you can't blitz as, as effectively, you can't run the ball as effectively. So them and the Titans are a little bit game script dependent, right? But I think you know Those two teams, I think, with the Chargers would be second, third, and fourth. Um, and then you can talk about the Bengals and Raiders and, and the rest of that crew. So um, I think we're all on the same page there. So before we head out for today, we'll take a few minutes of questions. Um, so if you have any questions, now is the time. The Super Chat feature is enabled. Um, Alex, do you want to talk to our listeners right now about
1: ExpressVPN? VPN? Yes, I would like to talk to our viewers uh, at home about (laughs) ExpressVPN. So uh, you can watch all 22 with ExpressVPN. In America, it's broken. And, you know, you want to use that ExpressVPN to get that international game pass. You can also watch live games. You can watch every single catch from every single angle on Coach's film of Jamar Chase just (laughs) repeatedly making Steven (laughs) eat shit. (laughs) for an entire 60 minutes it, it's just excellent to watch on all 22 so you can go to expressvpn.com guilty uh to get a three-month free trial of expressvpn you got nothing to lose just you know you can use it for netflix and all of that stuff too because there's some stuff on the united states that you know isn't on netflix overseas and yada yada so you know you can go to expressvpn.com guilty to watch the eagles get the tank uh, so yeah we are getting the full <laughs> tank commander right now uh so yeah go to expressvpn.com guilty to get that beautiful all 22 footage well done well done
2: for the record i always said if you're gonna take a receiver in the top five he better be a damn good receiver and jamar chase is that so um Bengals definitely took the right one there dolphins on the other hand that's a different story um oh. all right first question from edwin martinez uh should we sign gino atkins uh Gino of course one of the more dominant defensive tackles of our life I haven't even seen him get like a workout or a tryout mm-hmm. so I don't even know if he's like still trying to play football or not him right. and uh Larry Warford the the old Saints offensive lineman have kind of just like disappeared into nothing so mm-hmm. if Gino is interested in coming for a tryout I think it at least that would be worth it but I I don't know if he's even still trying to play football or not Yeah,
3: at this point, it was cool before the season started. But considering there's been no buzz, I just I think at this point he's out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. I mean, like it can't get much worse. But he did deal with some injuries last year, Uh, so I mean that part of it. He's older, and last year I think was his like worst career graded year. Um, So you know he was yeah it was a forty four point seven against the run. Uh, on PFF, which is you know by far his worst season, so I feel like that, in addition to his injuries, in addition to his age, probably reasons to stay away. But I, you know, I wouldn't be against like an end of the roster spot being used on him because, again, what do you have to lose? Yeah, I don't.
2: I don't even. I haven't even looked at like what other defensive tackles are out there. But I mean, if Gino is interested, then then sure. Um, another question about Dustin Hopkins. So, uh, that's a good point to talk about what Brandon Staley said today about Tristan Viscaino. Um, apparently they are keeping their options open, but they still have confidence in Tristan. So I know a lot of people yesterday were talking about Michael Badgley and, and the kicking situation. Uh, that's how frustrating it is. A lot of people want Michael Badgley back on this team. So, um, Tyler, what do you make of the potentially signing Dustin Hopkins from the, uh, formerly of the Washington football team?
3: Uh, okay, so okay, am I for it? Sort of. Do I think the team will be for it? Currently, no. But I do think that Staley's comment was definitely interesting. Like, yep, we are confident in in him for now. But you shank a couple more extra extra points, and we're <laughs> going to keep our options open because it's unacceptable. So yeah. you know, unfortunately, again, this guy of has made. He's only missed one field goal, so it's not like he's costing them there. I don't know. I, I I'm going to ride with him. I think the rest of the way, unless it gets really bad only because he's only missed one field goal. And so it's not like when I see more of those misses, I, I guess then I'd cut him. It's very frustrating to see the extra points being missed. I, I want to say that's an easy fix. It should be an easy fix because extra points, um, maybe it's just some, you know, some bad luck, some bad mechanics blocking, whatever. And hopefully that gets fixed in the bye week um, So I'm going to stick with him for now especially because we've watched the team give up on certain asian kickers and that didn't work out. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll give him some confidence uh, as well and some patience and I'll I'll ride with this guy, you know, as 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 frustrating as it might be in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, is no. Asian? Um but is he asian? Yeah, I wasn't yeah, sure. Young I was, well, um, young Rico who is asian, is this asian?
3: No, I didn't no, no no, I'm just saying like they've given up on oh, the okay. asian kicker before. Oh, yeah. Not like another Asian kicker, like okay, not okay. that Viskano's yeah. Asian kicker. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: in, fa- in fairness to Young Wake, who he wasn't missing extra points by ten yards. Um, so you know, I I don't know if that was like really the problem. Uh, I am confident in Vizcaino finding happiness in his next line of employment. Um, because that that's where I'm at with Tristan Viskano. Um, look, try it for another few weeks if you really can, but this is exactly what the Chargers have been playing with for the last few years. Like, yeah, he's not missing yeah. field goals, but they also don't trust him to take field goals. Like very clearly going for it. Like on every fourth down is, is, is part of that. In addition to Caley's analytical view on things. Um, so, you know, like sure. He's only missed one, but he's also missed, you know, he's on pace for whatever, like 16 missed extra points. <laughs> like it's really bad. Um, so I don't know. I, i get waiting with him because you know he does have a big leg and it's there but to me like if dustin hopkins is out there and it would be different if there wasn't a veteran kicking option but he's 12 or 14 on field goals this year or i think 12 14 on not field goals but extra points um so it's just like i mean you know try it like to me you gotta look for upgrades in every way that you can and i feel like it's like well we're gonna be patient with Vizkaino, but we're not gonna be patient with KJ Hill. Like, what what's the double standard there? Like to me, so to you know, I think that the coaching staff has to look into upgrades uh, at every area of special teams, not just like one. Because yeah, KJ Hill got you know was the scapegoat and he stunk, but like there's other parts of it that stink too. So to me, you have to look into Dustin Hopkins if yeah, it presents itself as an option, which it has. Um, I don't think they're gonna do it. Like Tyler said, I think they're you know confident in Vizkaino. But, you know, I, at, at some point, it's going to cost them a game. Yeah, I think they're going to be confident and
2: trust Vizcaino as long as they possibly can. I think it's going to take, like, uh, a game-winning missed kick or something like that to to move off of him. Um, if he hits a game-winning field goal against the Patriots, that'll be awesome. Like, that, you know, we'll be the first ones there to congratulate him. But um, it's it's tough to see, like... I know a lot of people were talking about Michael Badgley yesterday, but it's like you – Michael Badgley wasn't exactly crushing it in the preseason either. Like, Michael Badgley had his chances to win this job, and he didn't. So, um, we'll see. Like, I feel like the extra point thing should be an an easy fix. You know, Alex kind of pointed out, like, the the prolonged head down kind of thing that he does. I don't know if that's contributing to that. I don't know enough about kicking. But you shouldn't be missing PATs this bad. So I hope it's an easy fix. I hope that, you know, they're able to, you know, help Tristan reach his potential because if he is able to reach that potential, then the Chargers will finally be able to, get, to have a good kicker. So, um, wow, good morning from England. What's up, Ben? That's super cool. Um, Isn't it like 3
1: a.m. over there? It's, <laughs> it's a six-hour difference. So, I mean, good morning. I wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. too because I'm a fucking psychopath. But good morning to you, Ben. Um, but yeah, obviously hope Tristan figures it out.
2: Um, Josh Lambeau is a free agent as well. We can kind of talk about that for a different time. I know Alex has some thoughts about that, but um, you know, it is what it is. Um, Daniel asked a couple of questions, <coughs> excuse me, or a couple of different times. Is this the year that Tom Telesco finally makes a trade for someone mid season? We did talk quite a bit about trades earlier, I think if Justin Jones plays this week and the run defense is not any better, then I think we see Tom Telesco make a trade and Brandon Staley by effect. Um, But if Justin Jones comes back, he looks great. Run defense is is much improved. Then I think they will continue to roll with the same group of uh, defensive linemen.
3: I do not think they're going to make a trade. I think they addressed their need that they thought they could address with Roberts. They did that days ago. I think if they were going to make a change, that was kind of it. Um, even though they want to see what Jones can do, I think they know what Jones can do. And, and again, hopefully they don't fall into the trap of, oh, look, we got better because we played shit team. Now our run defense is better. I really hope that's not the trap. Yeah. Um, I think they're just going to roll with the guys they have. Based on Staley's comments, I don't think that they're making a trade for anyone. Um, if they make a trade for anyone, I don't think it's, it, it's the defensive line. It really sounds like that's just kind of settled as is. They have the guys that they want to work with and they think that they can coach him better. Whatever that means, whatever they were doing in the entire offseason, not sure what they were defining things as as that this team all of a sudden, each guy couldn't figure out because these are all good coaches. So I think they stick with what they got, fortunately, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't really see them making a trade. Um, I wouldn't predict one off the top of my head, but it could happen. I don't think it's going to be for like a massive impact guy like a lot of people think it might be. Could just be yeah. for like, hey, we want to boost the special team, so let's go get this guy or something like that. Um, which would also be good. I mean, I don't think that you need to necessarily go get a difference maker right now. Um, but I would like to go see them, go get a defensive tackle, go get you know, whatever you can to sort of just fortify depth at some of the spots. Linebacker wouldn't be terrible either. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think right now that they're gonna do much, but you know. I, I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't either,
3: yo Brady's gonna give the guy that give up the ball. he's gonna give him a bitcoin <laughs> like a share in Bitcoin like I think the full sixty five thousand wherever it's at right now. oh wow, that's generous of him.
2: Wow, I know a lot of people were like giving that guy shit, but he got a haul for that football man like he got a lot of stuff for that thing, so. I mean, for him, apparently he requested to play a round of golf with Tom Brady. So, I mean, that would be uh, rather interesting. What a waste. I hate hate how how much more likable Brady has become in Tampa than he was in New (laughs) England. I'm still
1: suspicious of him. You know what? This is all his social media team making him lower likable. He's still that Tom Brady. You know, so, uh, you know, he, he can't fool me. Uh, Maybe we want to wrap it up on this one from Adrian, uh, because I know we were talking about doing record predictions. Uh, So what are your current end of season record predictions, considering the 11 games that the Chargers have left?
2: Uh, So I'll go first on this one. I expect them to be in the playoffs. I think that they are rightfully or should rightfully be considered the favorite for the AFC West. Um, Mm -hmm. I think at this point, 12 and five, 13 and four is where I end up as like best case scenario. Um, you know, I predicted like 11 and six before the season. So um, right now I'm saying 12 and five best case scenario, 13 and four.
3: All right. Before the season, I had them at 11 and six. I think they've earned a little bit better than that. I'm going to go 12 and five to finish the year. I'm at a loss right now against the Bengals, especially because they're going to Cincinnati. Although we'll see how Cincinnati changes, if at all, over the next couple of weeks. But based on how they played, I think they'll lose at Cincinnati. And then I'm giving them a loss to the Minnesota Vikings, which I hate, but I think they can pull it off. uh, Fortunately, the Chargers do play at home. That just feels like a weird game they might lose. Um, And then it's some other toss-up for that third loss. It could be New England, and that wouldn't surprise me. Of course, they have to play Kansas City again. um, At Denver, still a problem. And then against the Raiders. So You know, I definitely think they're a double-digit win team. That's pretty certain at this point. I do think they're winning the AFC West. I do think they're making the postseason. Um, So I'll have them at twelve and five, which is pretty
1: solid. Yeah, I think twelve and five or eleven and six is fair. Um, You know, just based on the schedule that they have left. I haven't really like gone through and predicted every game, but like the Bengals game is going to be hard. Now, I do ultimately think they end up splitting with the Chiefs and. I could maybe see them losing to like the Broncos at mile high or something like that, just because that game is always weird. Um, but yeah, so I think 12 and five or 11 and six is, is pretty on point. And you know, that means they go eight and three, seven and four to finish the season, which I think with the schedule they have left, eight and three is, is pretty doable at this point. And I think that should be the goal if there is one.
2: Yeah. I think they will lose at least one more uh, or one division game. Like I, I can't, I don't think that they're going to go 6 and 0 whether that's losing to you know losing in mile higher losing to the Chiefs. I think they'll lose one. Um, you know, and then the other games are kind of up for grabs, but you know, 12 and 5 like I think that's awesome. Um so that's going to do it for us today guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh as always, make sure and like the video, comment on it, subscribe to our channel, leave us a rating or review if you're listening to the audio version um cannot thank you guys enough for tuning in i know it was the bye week and i know monday night football is going on so can't thank you enough for all of your support uh and we'll be diving into the patriots game more in depth uh once once the week goes on and as always uh see you next time